miracles are not just confined to the scriptures. You and I are a miracle. Amen. The greatest miracle that we have experienced is the miracle of rebirth. Praise the Lord. Salvation through Jesus Christ. That's a trigger switch that changes the very course of our destiny. Praise the Lord. Knowing our needs, God always comes through for us. And so we trust Him. So we are going to look into God's Word. We will continue with our theme. Anybody remembers what our theme is? Are you? Are you? Full or empty? Part four. We're going to read some scripture verses. Go ahead. Ruth chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Ruth chapter two, verses two and three. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak to us. We pray that your name will be exalted as we break the bread of life. Impart grace, anointing, so the proclamation of your word will be effective. May Jesus be exalted in the house. Every resistance to the preaching of the word, we bind them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. So we have been speaking from this word and we have been covering some ground. A 10-second recap. We talked about God who can sustain us in famine. We talked about different kinds of famine. We talked about God who is a multiplier. At the same time, he can be a diminisher. And we talked about God who is a game changer, the trigger switch. And we talked about the connecting factor. And finally, the week before, we, connect, we concluded with operating from Yahweh's wings. Operating from under the Yahweh's wings. Today we're going to move further. And, and Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. She went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. 
So today we want to look into God who is the orchestrator. God the orchestrator. Have you met him? God the orchestrator? In your journey with him, have you met the Lord as one who orchestrates events in your life in such a way that very future, the destiny of your life is changed? I am sure you have met him. Quite often, we don't recognize it or we fail to acknowledge him as God, the orchestrator. And because we fail to understand and acknowledge him, we fail to give God the glory and end up taking the credit for ourselves. Praise the Lord. As God orchestrates events around us, quite often, aren't we the beneficiaries? And at times, God will use us as instruments or channels whereby God's purpose in us, around us, people around us, God's purpose to be filled, to be fulfilled through us when God starts to orchestrate events in our life. The words that we read here, look, as it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Coincidence? I don't think it's coincidence. If we were to ponder there for a minute, we will understand the full depth of what the scripture is talking about. We think a lot of things in life is a coincidence. Some people say it's by chance. Others call it lucky streak or whatever you want to call it. But look at this. As the scripture says, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz. So I want you to picture this, okay? You're coming to America. I know you're not Eddie Murphy, but you're coming to America. You land up in JFK and you come to Manhattan. You're in Grand Central Station. You step out of Grand Central Station and you see this huge crowd. And you feel that you are being pushed and shoved and go up the escalator, you come out of the street. And you are completely lost, not knowing where to go. You finally enter a building and you find out that it's someone, it's a, it's, it's a, this building is owned by someone that is very close to you. Think about the chances of that happening. Very, very slim, right? Now, you ch check this out. Ruth steps out. It's barley harvest season. Barley harvest season. Have you been to the Midwest? If you are closest for us, Lancaster. You go out into those fields, 
and you can see nothing but the fields. If you even have a car and no GPS, you'll be lost. All right? Now, imagine you step out and you see nothing but fields ready for harvest and people are working all over the place. And you walk and you walk and you finally enter into a field and it happens to be a field of someone that knows you but you don't know. Chances of that happening. This is exactly what the Bible says here. Ruth is a foreigner. She comes to Israel. There is this barley harvest going on. Everybody's in the harvest. And she happens to walk into the field. And it happens to be the field of Boaz. Who's going to be in the future her husband. You know we think that a lot of things happen by chance. But when you come under the Yahweh's wings, praise the Lord. God who's the one who directs you, praise the Lord. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by God. And he delights in his ways, praise the Lord. Imagine your steps being ordered by God. Praise the Lord. Each step that you take are ordered by God. As long as you are staying under the Yahweh's wings, the steps of your each step is ordered by God and it directs you to your destiny in Christ. Praise God. Can you identify with that? It's very important. This is not just simply a story about Ruth and Naomi. This is about God's providence that is available for every child of God and how it applies and how it's applicable to you in your daily life, in the choices of your life. And where God can take you from where you are to where you're going to be. Or from where you were to where you are right now. Can you identify that? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't Bible full of such incidents? One from the old, one from the new. Imagine. Abraham sending Eliezer to a mission, on a mission, to find a wife for his son Isaac. And Eliezer travels all the way. And he puts a fleece before the Lord. And it so happens that this girl, this damsel, she comes. And just as Eliezer prayed, things happen at the nick of of the moment. You think God is involved in these things? In the nitty-bitty things of life? In putting people together? In bringing people together? Can you identify with such events in your life? Maybe how God brought your husband, you two together? Your husband and wife? Or how God led you to open a door for you, maybe an employment, 
maybe into an institution to study, maybe a hard place to get an admission. Do you think this is just by chance? Praise the Lord. The steps, your steps are ordered by God. When you think about it, ah, we don't have time. I got a mail, letter in the mail saying I got admission, I got a job. Praise God, yeah, yeah, boom, man, this is, you forgot. But you got to think how God has been doing things in your life. Imagine that. So many, so many. New Testament, crazy one. Anasimus meets Paul in Rome. 1,200 miles from Colossae. These two meet together. Imagine that. What is the chance? A runaway slave from Colossae travels 1,200 miles to Rome to disappear in Rome. Somehow meets Paul. Leads him to the Lord. Happens, Paul knows Philemon. You think chance, folks, whether it's salvation or your personal need, God is involved in your life. Praise God. God is involved in the nitty bitty details of your life. The things that we simply, simply just erase it. I want you to pause and I want you to give thanks to the Lord. Why? Two things. One, your heart will be full of gratitude, not attitude. Quite often we have an attitude because gratitude can find a place in our heart. Gratitude will come when we see what God does in our life, for our life, and how God prepares people around us to usher us into the purpose of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes. Look at the beauty of it. Raggle becomes the boss's wife. Rag girl, right? She's a rag girl. She becomes Boaz's wife. Of course, we got hindsight. Hmm? We know what happened, but as she is taking a step by step by step, she had no clue where this is going to lead. When you are under the Yahweh's wings, and you remain there, step by step by step, you don't know where God is leading. Would you tell the Lord this morning, Lord, I will make a decision to remain under your guidance no matter where you lead. Quite often, we chart our trip and we say, Lord, can you just adjust yourself and make sure that I'm always, you make sure that I'm under you because you make the adjustment. No, 
That's not how it works. We make the adjustments according to his will. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's like, it's like hitting the jackpot, man. Yeah. What's your chance of hitting the jackpot? That's what this girl does. She hits the jackpot. Hmm. It's like, it's like hitting the mother lord here. She becomes the great, great grandmother of the, the second king of Israel. What's the chances? Slim to nothing. But God, God can orchestrate event in our life in such a way that God can rewrite our stories beyond our own comprehensions, beyond the predictions and the projections of people around us. When people look at us, they have predictions about us and projections about us, but let them. It's a free world, and besides, we live in America. But God, tell him this morning, send a text to him. Lord, I want you to orchestrate events in my life. Come under the divine timetable of God. Come under God's calendar, not Google's calendar. Google's calendar is good for you to organize things, but come under his calendar and come under his divine program. Once you are under God's divine program, then let me tell you, you have entered into the real program. God's program. Praise God. Hallelujah. Beautiful, isn't it? When Ruth and Naomi crossed the border from Moab into Israel, Ruth entered into a new country with new boundaries. Listen to me. When they crossed the international boundary, Ruth entered into a new land with new boundaries. All of our lives are governed by boundaries. Did you know that? Our lives are governed by boundaries. Number one boundary, God's boundary. The boundaries of God's word. The boundaries of God's word governs each and every one of our lives. The boundaries of God's word is a framework that is created and crafted by God so that you and I can be protected, remain safe at the same time when we remain under the boundaries of God, we have the bounty of God's blessings coming our way. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
boundaries, they come in different forms. One, God's boundaries of God's word, his laws. Number two, the laws of the land. Hmm? The laws of the nature. We all are subject to boundaries and laws. Our lives are governed by them. Whether we like it or we don't like it. There I believe, I believe that there are three kinds of people. I believe that. One, the first kind is people who go by the laws. They like to follow the laws. They believe that the laws are meant to be followed. And there is a second kind of people. They believe laws are made to be Broken. You know, there are people who believe that. You tell them not to do it, they will do it. You say, you can't stand there. They can't stand. We'll stand there. A few years ago, I went to a consulate that belonged to a foreign country. And they had a, 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 a little placard on the wall that said, please do not spit. In America, a foreign country's consulate Inside the consulate, they had a little sign that said, please do not spit here. And what else? I looked closely where it said, please do not spit here. People are spitting right there. So some people believe that laws are made to be broken. And there is a third kind of people. They understand not only the law, they understand the spirit of the law. Listen to me. Come with me. Come with me. One, people who follow the letter of the law. Number two, people who believe that laws are made to be broken. There are a lot of people like that. Three, people who understand the spirit of the law. Praise the Lord. And so we see Ruth As she crosses the border, I believe the minute she said, Thy God, my God, she comes under the boundary that God set. Ah, Love you, Lord. Praise God. I want to ask you, my friend, can you look into your own life and ask yourself, What boundaries have been governing your life? What laws have been governing your life? God's word is meant so that we remain within the framework of God's word. And when you remain within the framework of God's word, God will send a blessing upon your life. Praise God. The boundaries that God sets in our life is not to make our life miserable. People, for some reason, they feel that God is a killer of joy. No, he's not a joy killer. In fact, he wants you to have joy in your life. Praise God. In fact, he's the one who gives abundance of life. 
That's who our God is. We tend to misunderstand and we become miserable thinking that these words of God is restricting and confining me. Listen, the other day I was doing a premarital and, and I asked a person, what do you think the restrictions in marriage is for? Does that make you feel confined? Does that make you feel in a prison? Or you feel that you are in a palace? Well, it's the relationship with your spouse that determines how you feel. Unfortunately, some husband and wives, they feel that they are in a prison. They look at each other and say, stuck forever. And so there are many people who want to break the prison bars. Others, they look at each other and say, such a blessing, we are in a palace. How do you feel about God's word? Do you feel yourself being confined? Or do you feel that God has put those words, which is a framework for a healthy, happy life? Praise God. Coming back. Hmm. Here we see that Ruth, she realizes that she's under a new law, God's law. So as she steps out of her home, the laws of God that is in action, she comes under that. First law, the gleaning law. Do you know about the gleaning law? The gleaning laws required landlords or landowners to permit the poor to scavenge for leftover grains. I want you to have an understanding about this. Can you please put Leviticus 19, 9 and 10? I want you to look at these words so that we understand. We understand what's going on. Look at that verse carefully. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 24, 19 to 22. When you're harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all your works. When you beat the olives from your tree, do not go over the branches a second time. Leave what remains for the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows. Leave what remains for the foreigners. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. That is why I command you to do this. Now, look at this. These are the laws of God that govern the life of the Old Testament, God's people. So Ruth falls under that. She goes out to glean. Remember, God is orchestrating events and God is guiding her steps. And she finds herself in a field which happens to be Boaz's field. And there is this gleaning field, gleaning laws, which allows her or anybody who's poor to pick up the leftover grains from the field. In other words, it's harvest time. 
They come, and they, it's not like today where they bring heavy missionaries and they just completely take everything off. The people are actually working. And as they, as they harvest, you know, the grains, they fall on the ground. And here and there, people, poor people come and pick it up. What does that got to do with this? Everything. Listen to this. One, God cares. He cares for the poor and the downtrodden. God cares for the poor, the widows, and the orphan. Because the Bible says he's the father of the orphans and the defender of the widows. Praise God. So God cares and he thinks about them. And he's made provisions for them. If you're rich, God cares for you. If you're poor, God's care for you. Amen. To the rich, he says, don't go back and pick the leftovers. Leave it there for the poor. In other words, as you rake in the dough, don't forget the poor. Now, I want you to look at something else. What does the poor got to do? Stay home? Be a couch potato? What is the poor supposed to do? Go and glean. Tell your neighbor, go and glean. Go and glean. If you're rich, the Bible promotes work. If you're poor, the Bible promotes work. Praise the Lord. See, you can't have a victim attitude. Ruth of all the people could have had a victim attitude. She was. She lost her husband. She's in a foreign country. She's helpless. Nothing to do. Both of them are broke, busted, and bankrupt. But she didn't have a victim attitude. This morning, if you have a victim attitude, change it. Because God wants you to have a victor's attitude. Praise God. So pick yourself up. Pick yourself up. God has a provision for you that can change your future. So you have to step out of your victim attitude. The helpless attitude. And step out in faith and enter into the realm where God wants to do something beautiful for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hmm. God honors people who make declarations and back it up with actions. God honors people who make declarations and back it up with actions. She made a declaration. Your God, my God. Your people, my people. Where you go, I go. Where you lodge, I lodge. Good. But it has to be backed up with action. And she backs it up with action now. Ah, this is the beauty of it. The letter of the law permitted Ruth to go behind the laborers and collect the grains. But you know what she does? She creatively 
pushes it to the point of breaking. Mind you, it's a foreigner. She doesn't break the law, but she asks for more. She asks for more. I want you to ask for more. Change that victim attitude and get the go-getter attitude. Ah, uh, tell your nigga, go get attitude. You can ask God for more. Don't settle for what you are. He's a source of grace. He's a source of wisdom. He's a source of knowledge. He's a source of goodness. He's a source of blessing. Ask for more. The audacity this woman has. She tells Boaz, thank you. But can I go behind those who are gathering the sheaves and collect? Boaz looks at it. You know, when some people are satisfied with where they are, the go-getters are people who press in. Press in. Ask for more. Boaz leaves instruction saying, allow her end of the day you know what happens the Bible says she gathers she gleaned an ephah of barley I looked it up it says 29 pounds in the evening when she's going on she's carrying with her 29 pounds of barley equivalent to 15 days of wages of a male laborer in one day. In one day. Do you know God can do something in you which takes others days, months, and years to accomplish? Praise the Lord. What does it take? Trigger. Remember the trigger? Pressing on. Pressing on. I want someone, I want, I want, I want, I'm communicating this to someone here who has a sagging spirit ready to give up. Call it off. Call it off. Oh, me, poor me. This is it. There's nothing more. There's nothing more to life. It's going to all end up with this. This is the final chapter. No. Press into the realms of God. Praise God. Be bold. Be bold to press into the realms of God. Praise God. God has a map planned out for you. Praise God. When you say, this is where your life is going to end, God is going to do something that's going to take you into a different plane. Praise God. Are you willing to submit yourself to Him? Are you willing to tell Him, Lord, here I am. I yield myself to you. Orchestrate events in my life. I will not map out mine own, 
but I will follow your map. Praise God. Would you be bold enough to press on, press into the realms of God, asking Him for more grace? Praise God. Oh, that is what is going to determine whether you are going to be full or empty. Praise God. God wants you to be full, not just full. He wants you to overflow. He wants you to overflow. So don't be satisfied with where you are. In the realms of God, there is room for growth. There is room for progress. There is room for abundance. There is room for more fruit. There is room for much more fruit. Because the Bible says more than what you ask or imagine. That's the standard. When he pardons, he pardons abundantly. <laughs> when he pardons, he pardons abundantly. Listen, this is a word for someone. You have been struggling saying that my mistakes, my error, my sense is too much. But God, he can pardon abundantly. Praise God. And he can give much more than what you ask or imagine according to the power of God that is at work within our lives. All eyes closed. Praise God. A moment with Him. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Victim attitude? No. Today, leave it here. Leave it at the altar. Go home with a victor attitude. You feel this is confining you? No. This gives you liberty. This gives you freedom. It's just you need to know how to use this. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Whether it's relationship, whether it's vocation, whether it's calling, praise God. God wants you to experience a greater momentum in your life. Praise God. It is available when you live under the Yahweh's wings. Praise God.